It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Very, very happy to have you here. Thank you. So we're here for the Divas That Care, and I'm their relationship expert. Um, I'd like to welcome you to this show that's about creating connection you deserve. But first, please let me introduce you to our audience. So Michelle Bateman found her life crashing down around her and had become bitter, lost, and angry with her life. And for the people who are watching this on video, I'm reading this because in her words, it's a very compelling story and I don't want to dilute it by using fine. <laughs> After her painful divorce, she began searching for how to be happy and what she discovered totally transformed her life. She realized that women were needlessly struggling, feeling trapped by their circumstances, unsure who they are and unclear what to do next. She knew though she could make a difference and help women discover who they are and bust through the blocks that are holding them back. So she founded Soul Journey. And now she is a confidence and clarity coach, international speaker and facilitator that empowers women and soulpreneurs to gain clarity in their life and business, uncover the fears and doubts that are holding them back so they can walk in the room with confidence and create a life and business they love. Beautiful. And we'll talk more about that. Now, Michelle passionately inspires women to fully step into who they were created to be and give themselves permission to be leaders from an authentic and aligned space within. Her proven system provides clarity, deep breakthroughs, spiritual awakenings, and inspiration to create results quickly. Michelle is now happily engaged to her soulmate, Travis Belanger, and together they inspire individuals and couples to release and heal the wounds of their past and to create a beautiful, intentional relationship as they have. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because this is so beautiful and it's probably something that everybody wants. Everybody would love to have such a relationship. Now, when we're talking about creating the connection you deserve, what connection are you actually talking about? Well, it's actually two connections. It's the connection with self and then it's connection with that intimate partner. And, you know, um, in order to have that, there needs to be intentionality. And, you know, you and I talked a little bit before the show is that we have to do our own work. And, you know, that's what created the success in my relationship is I had done so much of my own work in my, in my own self that by the time that I met Travis, he had been on his own journey of doing his own work. And I'll tell you a quick story how we met. It was really cool. We were set up on a blind date by a girlfriend that I knew. I met her at a speaking event. We became instant friends. She met Travis uh, at an airport waiting to take an Uber to an event together. And they ended up having this great conversation about spirituality and they both lived in Edmonton. So like a year later, she runs into him and says, hey, Travis, what have you been up to? 
five days before that I was at her house and she was having a party with her husband and I said where's all the men that work on themselves you need to find me one of those <laughs> so literally five days later she meet runs into Travis and she said are you seeing anyone and he said no the girl I was seeing said I work on myself too much <laughs> and she said it was like a lightning bolt to her head her head snaps back he's looking at her like what are you doing and she's like oh my god you got to meet my friend Michelle she's perfect for you so she calls me at like 10 30 at night saying I met the guy he's perfect for you how do I set you up I said well just give him my number so she's texting him my number while she's talking to me it's 10 30 at night he mm -hmm. calls me right away wow we talked for eight and a half hours. We stayed up all night long talking. And it was like an interview. You know, what do you need? What do you want? What do you value? What are your goals? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your non-negotiables? And we literally went through and checked all our boxes because we were so clear on who we were, what we needed and what we wanted. We knew that there was an alignment as soon as we met. That's just incredible. I mean, we would hope that everybody would find that's like the soulmate, right? You're looking in the mirror and that's what comes back to you. If you love what you see in the mirror, you will love what comes back to you that way. Now, yeah. you that both of you were working on yourselves. What do you mean by working on yourselves? What did you do? What does that mean? Mm, good question. So we had been taking different courses. Um, I had taken a bunch of different programs and that, you know, was what began my journey. And then becoming a coach, I started learning even more, reading books, listening to podcasts, going to live events, healing that inner child, looking at some of the patterns that had created the outcomes that we were living. And, you know, the common denominator is, is you. And that was a hard one to admit because I had been in abusive, um, codependent uh, drug relationships. So they were really unhealthy. Yeah. And so I always thought it was the other person's fault. And to not say that abuse was my fault or I deserved it, but I had a contribution in attracting that kind of person, allowing that kind of behavior, staying in that type of relationship. And so I really had to get honest with me and look at what was going on within me that I kept creating these unhealthy relationships. And so I began to do inner child healing and self-discovery. And I had a friend that said to me, um, you know, when my kids were little, he said, Michelle, if you don't get a life of your own, you're going to be that crazy cat lady when your kids get older. And I was like, oh. and he was right because I didn't know who I was. My whole life revolved around being a mom and, you know, running to events and all my friends were my kids, friends, moms. So I had lost my identity and I was just kind of on autopilot going through the motions of life. And I really had to rediscover who am I as a woman and as a person and who do I want to be and what do I want to create? So that was the kind of work that I was doing. And he was doing very similar work as to looking at the patterns in his relationships that were creating the outcomes that weren't ideal. And what did he need to work on within himself? to be a better partner and be more at peace and aligned with himself so that when we met, it was just so easy that we could see that instant alignment. So because you worked on yourself and already knew what you wanted and what you needed, you were able to communicate that and you were able to communicate that fearlessly because I remembered the same way I was, you know, this is probably why I had five children because I had so much love in myself to give and so much love that I wanted to get that I might, you know, a child is almost, it's so dependent on you. 
I don't think it was an abusive thing, you know, to have five of them because I love people. I love them to pieces. Yeah. And but because probably something was missing, the love for my partner, or actually, even just being being seen, being heard, being cherished for what I brought to the marriage and to everything else. Right. Now we have been able to turn this around, but that doesn't happen all the time. I mean. It's, it's astonishing that in my marriage, what happened was also that my husband kind of got awakened. So yeah. it was my husband who got awakened. But for him to do that, I had to let go of what I wanted so desperately and cling to and you know, nag and all of this. I had to become open to the possibility that there could be somebody in my life who compliments me and, you know, makes me happy the way I make myself happy, then otherwise it won't work, right? I have to do this in myself. And you found Travis, who also became, you know, awakened in a way that he knew that something has to change and what can I, as me, you know, do to do that and facilitate that. So what is it that you, so you have to know who you are. How do you find who you are? <laughs> You know, there's really no simple answer. It does take time, but it's going back into, you know, maybe what were some of the things that I loved as a kid? What are some of the things that I gave up, you know, for my career or being a wife or being a mom? You know, some of those things that maybe I forgot and I, I sort of long for. And, you know, for some people, none of that applies and it's all new things because they've completely transformed who they are and now they're interested in new things. You know, for me, eating healthy and finding natural products were, were never something that was really important to me. But the more I began to love myself, the more I was conscious and aware of what am I putting in my body and what am I putting on my body? And is it nurturing and healing or is it going to cause more damage down the road? And watching my dad and my grandma have dementia, I really became aware of I need to do everything I can in the present moment to be healthy so that I can have the future that I desire and not create the same reality. So you want to, what you did is becoming very clear about what do you really value, what do you really want and what kind of future you have. It's, it's more than just a dream, like, right? It is the vision of a reality that can actually happen and standing in for that. You know, and, you know, some of the things I was very clear on, you know, in I was a stay at home mom, I didn't have a job, I felt like I was stuck in this marriage, and I, I couldn't leave. And so there was some really specific goals I had, like get a job, get a house, leave the marriage. So those specific things, I was able to cross off everything in my list within a year of, of doing this work and, and making this transition. Um, but then there was a lot of things I didn't even imagine that just kind of unfolded naturally along the way and blew my mind and were bigger and better than I even could have imagined. So, you know, some of them just evolve over time. And I like when some people say, you know, my purpose found me, I didn't find it. And it was as I began to do all of the things that I was learning, I had just this vibration of excitement inside of me that I couldn't contain myself. I couldn't stop reading. I couldn't stop, you know, podcasts and taking courses. It was just this insatiable hunger that I had within me. And then I realized that there was something more to that, that that was meant to be the career and the business that I would then start. But years ago, when I was starting to discover who I was, being a coach or being a business owner wasn't even on my radar. 
but as I began to grow, things just naturally evolved and happened that, you know, were beyond what I could have imagined in my own self. So, you know, sometimes we can be just open to it unfolding as it may and not have these specific ideas of what it needs to be. You start with the idea what you think you want, right? Or what you value. Oh, yes, absolutely. And values are everything. of what there's non-negotiables, right? I'm saying in an abusive relationship, I'm pretty sure you would say there's no way I'm ever going to be hit. No, and we don't even swear at each other. We don't raise our voice to each other. We don't leave the room angry. We don't ever leave the house angry. We never hang up on one another. Like we were very clear on that very first phone call. Here's all the things. And he's like, if you hang up on me, I'm not, I'm not calling you back, just so you know. Like wow. very clear. And so I know, and he knows, those lines are just not crossed for us. And we, you see and hear a lot of couples that do cross those lines on an ongoing basis. And we see the turmoil that it creates. And so we're really grateful that we have those really strong boundaries to create that safe container that we know that the other one's not leaving. We know that they're not walking out. So it's safe to explore what we do, even though it's uncomfortable, we know that the other one's not going anywhere. And do you also feel that once you cross lines, the bar gets lower and lower? And yeah. You start swearing, like you mentioned, swearing at each other, yelling at each other, and then it just devolves from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we, you know, the first day we met, he said to me, because um, we met later that day after staying up all night talking, we met for dinner. And he looked at me at dinner and he said, I'm all in. Are you all in? Because we knew we checked each other's boxes. Mm -hmm. And so um, he said, I want to honor you. And that was such a beautiful thing to hear after being in the kind of relationships that I was in is, you know, here he is wanting to honor me and he calls me his queen and his goddess. And so in order to be seen that way, it comes with certain behaviors. And so when he has that in his mindset, she's my queen, she's my goddess. He's like, why would I ever yell at you? Why would I ever, you know, walk out on you? Because I see you in that way. And, you know, he's my king and he's my, he's everything to me. And so we have such a high level of respect and honor for one another and for what we've created that we, we protect it very fiercely. And let me ask you just something. If you hear some, somebody tell you that, like your partner saying to you, you're my queen, you're my goddess. Doesn't that kind of make you elevate yourself to that Absolutely. level as well that you want to kind of prove to him that he's not wrong in that assessment? Yeah, I'm not going to show up as the crazy person that's going off the rails, right? And I regard myself in that way. I hold myself to that standard because I do believe that I am the prize, that I am the goddess. And it took me a long time, whereas before in the past, it was just like, please love me. Please love me. Can just somebody love me? And if you love me, that's enough. If you, even if you just say you love me, even though your behavior doesn't you know, show that you love me, if you just tell me that's enough for me. And I would settle for just about anything because, you know, a little bit of anything is better than nothing. Yeah. And it really took me a long time to get to the point of, no, I am the prize. I am amazing. And somebody needs to show up on that level and meet me there in order to be able to co-create something with me. Yeah, like I said, this is a story that I've heard over and over again, you know, in my career as an OBGYN. The women always trying to grovel and be a good wife and be a good cook and do everything well by the children so they would be validated. But 
it's not the validation from somebody else that makes you happy, is it? Nope. See, because we're at the mercy of them taking that validation away, right? And so we're always, you know, on this unshaky ground. What if they leave? What if they pull back that validation? And so that's why it's called self-love and self-worth is it has to come from self because when it does, nobody can take that from you. Doesn't matter who comes, who goes, if your career changes, if your job changes, whether your kids grow up and leave home, it's still determined by you and nobody can take that away from you. And how do you get there, Michelle? How do you get somebody who doesn't feel good about themselves and feel like, oh, but I have to sacrifice, I have to do this or else, or they won't love me anymore, they'll leave me or anything else like this. How do you get to that? basically unshakable inner belief about that you are worthy of love, that you're worthy of existence, that you're worthy of anything. How do you get there? You know, there's quite a few steps that we, we take to go through when I work with my clients and definitely looking at that inner dialogue, right? What am I saying to myself? What are the beliefs that I have? And where did those beliefs come from? So we kind of trace them back to the roots and the origin in childhood is what happened that created that belief and how do we destruct that belief and create a new healthier one. So we do a lot of inner child work. We look at our mindset. We look at our self-talk. We create routines and rituals. You know, when I wake up in the morning, one of the first thoughts I have is I love you so much, Michelle. And just beginning to create that love that we feel for others that we now feel it for ourselves. And so one thing that I do in, in my events and, and the, the courses that I offer is I ask everyone to put their hand on their heart. And so maybe whoever's listening can do those with us. And I want you to just think about someone that you love so much and you've got that feeling in your heart and maybe there's butterflies in your tummy and you just, you feel it in your body, that, that amazing love. And we have that love for, you know, often many people in our lives. And so now what I want you to do is take that love and I want you to turn it inward. And I want you to feel all of that love for yourself. And often that's a foreign, foreign experience for many people. But that feeling of that deep love is how we should feel about ourselves. And so we begin to practice and the more, you know, you do it, it's uncomfortable at first, but the more you practice it, the easier it will become. And it's a process. It's not, you know, somewhere you're going to get overnight. It's, it's a process. It's the journey. And that's why I call my business soul journey, not soul destination is it's the journey that we take. And it's an ongoing practice. I don't think you ever arrive and you're done and you've got the t-shirt and you're like, I'm unshakable. Nothing's going to happen. I still have my own inner child woundings that come up that I still have to work through of not being seen and not feeling good enough from, you know, that stems from my childhood. And I still have to work through those things, but I have the tools and I have the awareness of when it it's happening what to do in the language to put to it to work through it that I couldn't agree more because you know I'm coming from this angle of the neuroscience they are brain patterns it's you can call it whatever you want you can call it you know childhood wounds you can call it parts child parts that need to be rescued which I've done too you know I've done the inner child rescues and all in the end or you can call them saboteurs like we do in mental <laughs> fitness it is brain patterns and you cannot change a pattern overnight that has been stuck in there for years and years and years, maybe decades, right? Unreasonable. And what I also believe, and I ask you how you did it yourself then too, is isn't it so much easier if you have help? 
Yeah, because there's so many things that you don't see or you don't put the pieces together to understand how they're connected and how they're showing up in present time for you. And I worked with a lot of different healers and a lot of different people. And I remember, you know, one big thing is I took a, a trip to Sedona, Arizona by myself. I had a trip with my partner and he uh, walked out on our relationship and I had this big surprise trip planned. And so um, my friends at work said, well, why don't you take a trip by yourself? And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Sedona and I'm going to heal by myself. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back into those moments of childhood to see where did this pattern and belief that I wasn't good enough. And it came when my brother was born. And it seems like a totally innocent experience. Everybody has a sibling, but I believed that my little four-year-old mind, I was no longer as important. Now my brother came along and he was sick as a baby for a couple years. So he got all the attention and I didn't matter anymore. And that was the story that I had told myself. And I saw how that played out in all my relationships and just how I was showing up in my own life. So I had to really look at that pathway and that pattern and look at consciously breaking that. And like you said, you know, if it's been playing for 40 years, it's not gonna take a day to un unwind that, right? It often will take exactly. a lot of time and to know that it's still there. I still have these experiences that remind me, oh yeah, you're human. <laughs> here's some of the things you still need to work on and heal at a deeper deeper level. But I did need that guidance because I would never have put those pieces together that that was something that created the belief moving forward for the rest of my life. Yes, and you know, if you think about this, like you said, it was a four-year-old's experience of having a brother that needed more attention. And yes, everybody has a sibling. It's sometimes even a word or a sentence that you overhear as a child misinterpret possibly. And from then on you effed up because nobody ever explained it to you. That's not what they meant. They wouldn't even think about that. And maybe later, way later on in life, you start to these repeating patterns asking yourself, where did that come from? And because you can jump over your own shadow, you cannot outwit your own brain <laughs> that way. You need somebody to shine a light on it that people Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. And I can put that together instantly for somebody else, but I still need someone to help me see my own patterns. Because when you're in it, you don't have that perspective, that outside objective of you that you do when you are involved in the experience and the emotion. So yeah, having that support is so, so beneficial. And you don't feel alone. You feel supported, you feel held. There's that accountability that we don't give up, we keep going. So there's just so many benefits to having that support. And that's where that system of yours was born of, right? Out of that, first of all, you're saying you were vibrating in that, that like I saw this high vibration of, oh my God, I, this is a purpose that found me. I, I need to share this with other people. I need to share this with other women. They, they need to be able to experience that love for yourself. And that's then rippling out that you can see it in a partner and coming back to you. And you... I guess from all your experience with all those courses, pack that into that system. Could you explain a little bit more about that system? Yeah, absolutely. So looking at the formula that I created is the successful soul, soul, 
let's try that again. <laughs> the successful soulful union is, you know, there's really key elements that just always need to be there. And the first is doing your work. Like we talked about working on ourselves. We often are just looking for that next partner to complete us, to make us happy. You know, if this one doesn't do it, maybe the next one will. And we will never find something that we're mm. seeking outside of ourselves. And I loved Wayne Dyer used the analogy. He said, I lost my keys in the house. The power went out and I couldn't find my keys. And then I looked outside and it was light outside. So I thought I'd go out to the light and look for my keys. Mm. And the neighbor walked by and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm looking for my keys. He said, oh, I'll help you. He said, where did you lose them? He said, well, I lost them in the house. He said, well, why are you out here looking for your keys if you lost them in the house? And we lose something within our own selves that we're always looking outside to for someone else to meet it, to fulfill it, to do it, whether it's babies, whether it's children, whether it's shopping or drinking. For me, I renovated rooms to keep me occupied because there was something so deeply missing within me. And so when you can do that work within yourself, that will change everything in your life. So that's number one. The second one is to be clear. So to be clear on who you are, what you want, what you value, what are your non-negotiables and have those conversations early on. You know, I see people that get into relationships and eight months later, they realize one wanted kids and one didn't. And I was like, how did you, how did you not talk about that in the beginning? Like, right. There's certain important, you know, check boxes that we need to check off before someone has the honor to spend time with us. And when I was online dating for a short period of time, these men would say, this feels like an interview. And I said, it is, it's an interview to spend time with me. If you don't check my boxes, I'm not going to meet you for coffee or waste my time. You have to show that you are compatible with me before I give you my time. And as women, we're often so willing to give it to everybody and anybody. And I did that in the past that would just show up. And so I really had to be clear on who I was and what I wanted and be able to clearly communicate that. So that needs a lot of confidence as well, though, right? Because then you may be rebuffed and fear of rejection, fear of abandonment is huge. Right? Absolutely. Yes. But for me, I would rather know now than down the road like I had done so many times in the past that was so painful that I wasn't willing to go down that road again. And, you know, I shared a little bit about the, the marriage that I was in and being a stay-at-home mom. But before that, I was married when um, we split up when I was three months pregnant and I had a three-year-old. Oh, and that was devastating because who plans that? That's never, that was never the dream. And so I just realized the pain of the things that I had been through. I would rather go through those uncomfortable conversations in the beginning than once my heart was invested and then I would be hurt and devastated and all the things. So yes, you know, rejection is uncomfortable, but for me, alignment is everything, right? If somebody doesn't align with you, eventually down the road, it's likely not going to work. Doesn't mean they have to be identical and exact, or, you know, you like pizza and they like chicken, so it's not gonna work. It's not that, but do your hopes and dreams and your values align in a way that you can see a future? And nobody had taught me those kind of questions. I was like, well, you're cute. We love each other. Let's make babies and live forever. <laughs> Like I yeah, didn't know yeah. there was so many other elements to that to create that long lasting success um, that's going to maintain in the difficult times. So that was really important. And then the next is filling your own tank, right? Mm -hmm. We can't be reliant on our partner, on our friends, on our kids, on our job to fill that happiness for us. We have to be the keeper of that. 
So that means I take time for me. I meditate, I journal, I go scrapbooking if that's what I love, or I go for runs and walks. But as moms, we've been taught to sacrifice everything. And it's all for the kids, it's all for the husband, it's all for the family, and we lose ourselves. And I hear this over and over again, and I remember that feeling of who am I? Who am I? And is this all there is to life? Get up and do the same thing over and over and over again? There was no fulfillment, there was no joy in my life. It was just this mundane routine that I felt stuck in, and I didn't know that I had the power to create something different. I thought you just go along for the ride. Some people get a good one, some people get a crappy one, and you just go along. And so understanding that you have the ability to change and create what it is you want, but you have to begin to fill that for yourself and not look to everybody else or to drugs or to alcohol or to shopping or to whatever it is you're using or food to fill that for you. That's, you know, doing things that make you happy, talking to yourself like you're your best friend, not your worst enemy. I love you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. That's, That's the not kind of what we were taught, though, right? Our parents or our mothers, grandmothers down the road, the whole ancestry was absolutely not that way. No, and nobody well, taught them. So and compliant. Don't be seen. Don't make waves. You know, don't don't stir the pot. <laughs> I was, I was never that child to not stir the pot. I was kind of the feisty one <laughs> from the get-go. I wasn't really a rebel. I was just pretty strong-willed. And, you know, some people call it stubborn. I call it leadership and training. So it's all how you look at it, right? So we have to do that for ourselves. And then lastly, we have to learn together. So you have to have a partner that's willing to learn and grow together. Because I did that in my second marriage where I went to every marriage retreat, every couple's thing by myself. And he either said he was going to come and never came or just never came. And it takes two people to create something. And he was not willing to learn. He was not willing to work on it. And so one person can't do it alone. And so having someone who's committed to, yes, we're going to learn and grow together. And Travis said in the beginning, I will challenge you and you will challenge me, but it will be for our growth and evolution. I'm so happy for you that you found your soulmate. You know, maybe not everybody is that happy, but, but here's the thing. You can put yourself on that path by following this kind of a system, right? And starting with yourself. Because if you don't, just life happens to you instead of for you and by you. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's uh, uh, most of the women I talk to who are in a happy relationship. It was not that way from the get-go. They had to learn. They were challenged. They had to learn. It is a journey. Usually, through hell and out. Right? You're like, this has happened three times in a row. Maybe I might be the common denominator here. Which, again, you know, uses not only awareness, but also something that you have to admit, which is not that easy. Uh, And if you don't love yourself, you just chalk it up to failure and you reject it and say it's just the other person's fault, just as a brain survival mechanism. 
Right. And I don't subscribe to the idea of a failure. So they use the term failed marriage and a failed relationship, but they're never a failure. They're always here to teach you something. Your relationship will be your greatest teacher. It will push all of your buttons. It will show you all of your insecurities. It will illuminate everything you need to work on. And our relationship is no different. We've had some really uncomfortable, challenging conversations, but they've been for our healing and our evolution of, oh, here's something that I still need to heal. Here's something I'm triggered by, by what you're doing. Mm. I need to look at what's that in me and heal that and have a partner who is willing to hold space and not, you know, blame me or put me down to go, I understand. And so we often say, he's like, I'm talking to the little girl in you, because if I can just remember that little girl that's scared or hurt or abandoned, you know, I'm not mad at you. I just want to hold space and honor her. And I know the little boy and him and what he went through. And so when something comes up, I can just honor that little boy that didn't feel loved, that didn't feel safe and nurtured instead of getting mad. And, you know, what is your problem or why are you doing that? It's to just remember that all of us have that little child within us that needs healing. And, you know, when you're with that person and you're willing to look as what's coming up, it's for our healing. That's exactly what in positive intelligence we call the sage within you, which is always there, but has Mm -hmm. been overshadowed by all these saboteurs, by all these brain patterns that came from the outside, but also through the DNA, right? Epigenetics, everything. And that's why we're saying it is so hard to do that on your own. (laughs) So if anybody here now in the audience felt inspired and moved and want to do something and want to know more about that system, Michelle, because that sounds so enticing to get to a marriage like yours, where even when there's challenges, you work on it together, knowing you're in a safe space. How can they do that? How can they reach you? How can they get got to know more about that stuff? Awesome. Yeah. So they could go to my website, souljourney.co. And there's information on my uh, one-on-one coaching, on the business coaching that I do and helping women, you know, feel empowered that they can start their own business and have that freedom so we're not dependent um, is another part of the work that I do. And then we're just updating some of the relationship work that we're doing and putting that on the website. We've been doing some ancestral healing work together as a couple and helping people heal those ancestral patterns so that they can be free to then step into who they were created to be, to, to attract those relationships they want and it's been really powerful so you know my website would probably be the best on social media i'm under uh, michelle bateman on facebook and instagram um my business page is soul journey transformations but because of the algorithms they don't really show up that well so we've been using our personal page mostly um Yeah, and there's a contact us on my website if you want to send an email and ask me any questions or, you know, book a free call. We could do that, too, and see what that would look like as to what they need to work on. So the best way, souljourney.co, not .com, .co. So I want to make very sure people understand (laughs) that. It's soul, like your innermost soul, S-O-U-L, journey.co. Yes, Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle. That was beautiful and enlightening and inspiring. Are there any last words you have for your audience? What could be the first step if they find themselves in a relationship either with themselves that is crappy or in a relationship with a partner that is crappy and they just feel so stuck and want to get out of it? What could they do? What's a first step that you would say they should be starting today? Hmm. 
So it'll be two different ones though. If it's the relationship with self, you're stuck with yourself forever, so you can't get out of that relationship. So instead of looking at everything that's wrong, start looking at everything that's right. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you've done good? What are the things that you've overcome? We are stronger than we give ourselves credit for. We have you know, accomplished more than we're willing to give ourselves credit for. So start looking for the evidence of all the great things that you have done, you have accomplished, you have overcome in life and start making that list instead of the list of, I'm such a loser, I'm an idiot, I'm a failure and start scratching that language out. And I actually wrote a page in my journal when I very first started, is I wrote down all the crappy things I was saying about myself and my life and I drew a line down the center to symbolize I'm no longer gonna go back to that and I'm gonna start seeing and speaking more positively about my life and what I wanna create. And so I would encourage you to start finding those things that you can say that are kind to yourself. And as you begin to change, the people and the experiences around you change because you're showing up differently and you're seeing the world through a different lens instead of my life sucked every time i thought and believed that i just saw everything in my life that sucked and as i began to say that you know life is beautiful and amazing my brain was now looking for evidence exactly. of all the things that were beautiful and amazing so i would say just you know that one little switch can have a huge impact on your life. And you know, if it's a relationship, you have to ask yourself, is this unhealthy? Is this damaging? Is this abuse? And if it is, then you need to seek support to leave that. And if it's not, and it's just, you know, things that we think we can work on, then, you know, getting help either for yourself or together, um, I would say is really important. So I would challenge you to contradict me when I'm saying, you could do both. I mean, for both the relationship that you're in or with the one with yourself, start with yourself and actually make that list of your list of awesome. Why you have accomplished so much? What is good in you? What is kind in you? What is loving and everything? Because like you said, it will ripple out to the others. And once you start to change and work on that with that mindset, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It will change the relationship. Yes. But if it's an abusive situation, more was what I was thinking. If somebody needed to okay. leave, then making that positive list isn't really going to help when someone's right. in an abusive, abusive mentally, is, physically, yeah. emotionally abusive relationship. That's not really going to help change that. Right, so right. No. that's kind of the difference was where okay. I was going in my mind. But yeah, thank you for for bringing that up. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. But still, I think, you know, the relationship with self is the foundation of everything, right? It is. And I describe it as, um, it's like a house. If you built your house and forgot to pour the, the foundation, it might look nice for a little while, but as soon as it gets windy and, and things start to move and shift, that will eventually crumble because everything needs that solid foundation to be built on. Right. Well, thank you so much for all of that wisdom. You and are welcome. For our audience, you'll know where to go to find Michelle, souljourney.co. And like she said, graciously offering a free consultation or discovery call, go to the about page or contact page and see if you can make this happen for yourself. And can I leave them with one thought before we go? Oh, please do. So not only are you going to be doing this work for you, this will affect future generations. The ripple effect of that will be huge. So if we think about the women that came before us that fought for us to vote and to drive and to work, and we just assume that that is the natural way that we are as women, 
as we begin to do this work for ourselves, the next generation or the generation after that will think it is normal to have self-love. It is normal to put yourself first. And so we can begin to change that as, as the women before us have done for us. It's now our job to leave a legacy for the next generation of self-love and putting ourselves first and nurturing ourselves. And I think we owe that to the next generation to leave that legacy for them. Beautifully said. I love it. Leave a legacy of self-love for all the women on this planet. And mm. you know what? Everything will be better for it. The whole world would be different. Yes. Yes. Mm. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Wonderful having you here. Thank you. The divas that care. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So with that, I'll bid you farewell. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.